Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today I have a special guest. Once again, we're going abroad. We're going international. I have Sandra D'Angelo. Hello, hey. how are you today? <laughs> Doing pretty good. And Sandra has a lot going on. She has a magazine called Brains Magazine. And she also has what I like to call a program, Approach Your Coach. Um, and Sandra, if you wouldn't mind, please tell everyone about yourself. And remember, this audience is, is real big. We're, we're hurting over three countries right now. So you're going to be really uh, out here for everyone to hear. So please tell everybody about yourself. Please tell everybody about Brains Magazines and tell them about Approach Your Coach. Yes, with pleasure, of course. So as, as you mentioned before, my name is Sandra. I'm a certified life coach and trainer. I work with business professionals when it comes to creating bigger results and making bigger impact in their life. And Approach Your Coach is a company that uh, I found that is um, all about coaching and making your life much better. <laughs> um, when it comes to Brains Magazine, I am an executive contributor. This is a company from Sweden. Um, that works with different entrepreneurs, different coaches, different leaders in their industries. And I am uh, working for them in terms of publishing different articles. So at the moment, in addition, as mentioned, to having my own company, my own business coaching one, I am uh, working with Brains Magazine to spread the message to their audience and to really uh, put my message across to business professionals around the world. Okay. Now, let me, let's do this. Let's go back a little bit in time. Um, what in life made you want to start doing all this? What, what happened in your childhood? What, what made you want to, to go out here and be a certified life coach and help people, not just where you live, but abroad? Yeah. So basically throughout my career, I have, um, so my career basically has been in two major industries. It has been an educational industry and in a recruitment industry, right? So these both industries are industries where you have so much responsibility, right? On one hand, in education, you're working with young people who are seeking to, uh, you know, maybe go abroad, study, uh, expand their views and change their life in that aspect. Whereas in recruitment, you're dealing with people who have already experience, who are seeking to change the job, maybe again, move to another country, bring their families, etc. right? So both jobs or both kind of paths that I went through um, were very, very responsible uh, because I was always in charge or I was always kind of helping and supporting people to change their lives in this way or another. Um, and coaching has been a part of that throughout the whole time, all right? Um, because it's not only about kind of selling a school or selling a program or selling a job, but it's also about really making sure that it does fit with an individual, okay? So it's not about hitting your targets in sales, but it's more also, or at least for me it was, really changing and contributing to people's lives and to better them, right? So this is really how it uh, how I came to to being a coach myself. I have also been in personal development since my early twenties. Um, I find personal development to be probably the most important development in one you know, in one's lives um, because mindset is really everything, right? Like I believe that people can achieve whatever they set themselves to achieve, and they already have them in themselves. It's just a matter of kind of 
understanding that and exploring that further. And this is what I'm helping my clients with. Okay. Okay. And um, what we try to do sometimes is get a little bit personal. So let's go back to age 18. Age 18. Did you sit out at age 18 and have this have, have certain goals set, certain plans by the time you hit 25 or you hit your age now of only 30? Yeah, let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, when going back when I was 18, I had no idea what I wanted. Like really, to be very honest with you, I was at the end of my high school in Europe, you know, like you go through your high school and you're like about maybe 18, 19 when you finish it. And I remember like, you know, sitting on the couch, all my friends had their, you know, futures figured out. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I even want to study? You know, the only thing I knew back then is that I wanted to go abroad. Okay. I'm normally, I'm, I'm not normally, but I'm usually, <laughs> I am from Croatia. Um, this is a small country in Balkan region in Europe, for those who don't know, maybe. And I knew that I wanted to go abroad, right? Like I wanted to go somewhere else in Europe in a you know, bigger country or more international country, but I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to study. So, you know, one day I bought the newspapers and I never normally buy newspapers. And there was like a um, commercial there about one school in Switzerland, a hospitality school. And I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing, you know, like, um, I love that. So we went for a presentation that was made about that school. And I remember I was like, yeah, that's it. I want to study that, right? And then fast forward, I finished my bachelor's. I started working in a hotel and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do that, you know? (laughs) <laughs> like I don't like this. Yeah, I just don't find myself to be happy or to be fulfilled or that I want to do this thing. So what can I do else, right? So, you know, I went through a couple of years of experience. I really tried to kind of, you know, I even talked to the managers about using my potential in a better way or to move me to another department or this and that. And they didn't, they weren't really open to that. So I decided to go back to my studies. And after a couple of years of experience, I uh, enrolled into MBA in communications and PR. And this is something that I really, really loved. You know, this is something that really clicked with me because there was psychology, there was, you know, communication, different uh, PR strategies, uh, talking with people, being around and so on and so on. And I really found myself in that. And um, while I studied, I got an opportunity to start working for that same university that was in Germany, Munich. Okay. And I, and this is where I started my, you know, education kind of in the, you know, I mean, education in terms of MBA, but also working in education in the admissions department in sales, and then later on moved to recruitment and also sales or consulting, really. Okay. So that's interesting. <laughs> so that's how everything, that's how everything came into a, a, a circle, basically. It closed yeah. up and that's how you, you got started. All right. Yeah. So Inside Brains Magazine, could you tell us a little bit about what you write about? And could you also let the audience know how they can get to Brains Magazine, how they can, if you're in uh, Central America, South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, how do they get to Brains Magazine so that they can read it or how can they subscribe to it? Yeah, so the, the easiest way would be to go to my uh, to go through my website. Uh, so my website is approachyourcoach.com. There is also a link that, that can uh, then guide you to Brains Magazine's website. Um, I mean, I have just recently started uh, writing for them. Um, and the most recent article that I wrote was about four words that literally 
you know, had a huge, huge impact on my life. And I'm not going to say what those four words are. I'm going to encourage your listeners to go there and read them through. Um, but it is really a personal story. It is really something that really, I can say, really changed my life. Um, and this, it was something that really occurred to me from one point to another. And I'm like, oh my God, like, that's right, you know? <laughs> and then things yeah, then things started going in a different direction for me, really. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you one cool thing about a podcast because uh, Sandra is new to the podcasting uh, audience and that's a good thing and that's a bad thing too. So, so here's the first thing. In a podcast, right, people skip through certain parts. So um, throughout okay. the episode, and this is just a fun thing since this is new for you, I will get you to plug uh, where people can meet you at how they can get in touch with you, how they can get your services. So if you wouldn't mind real fast, could you tell them everywhere they can find you so that they can get in contact with you? Because you never know how a person wants is going to meet you because I can always plug my website or my Facebook fan page, but sometimes people yeah. go different routes. So could you tell them please? I mean, I'm not too big on socials, I must say. You know, like in addition to my LinkedIn profile, uh, and I have a Facebook group, which is called Unstoppable Business Professionals. Uh, but that's really about that, right? Um, so Facebook, website, LinkedIn, depending on where you find yourself most comfortable with. But as I said, the group that I have on Facebook, actually, that's something that I can point out, uh, again, called Unstoppable Business Professionals, is a group where people find different, you know, workshops, different masterclasses, different trainings, where I share my experience, my story, and my coaching, consulting knowledge with them, for them to, you know, work on personal development, to improve their selves, to change their mindset, view different perspectives and so on. So definitely worth checking out. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in those topics, feel free to join. Okay, I like that, I like that. Now here's a challenging question. Um, over here in, a, in America, we have uh, this TV show called 2020 and we have three broadcasters that uh, would talk to you. One is Diane Sawyer, one is Barbara Walters. The third one is John Stossel. John Stossel is like a comedian, but Diane Sawyer and Barbara Walters hit you with these hard-hitting questions. So I'm going to hit you with one of one of my hard-hitting questions that was not on the 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 uh, the mock-up that I did for you. Um, what do you have to do to set yourself up properly for people from different cultures when you're when you're trying to help them with approach your coach or just in general, because you deal with so many people like in Europe, like, like, it's just like America, it's a melting pot. You have so many different cultures to deal with. How do you deal with them and how do you handle them? And I'm not saying you have to go into detail of like how you differently handle them, but how do you handle all the different cultures that you have to be around in, in, in your atmosphere? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, <clears throat> to put it very simple, it's just by being me. You know, like okay. not everyone fits everyone. And that is absolutely fine. You know, you're not there to try to make everybody like you or love you or whatever. Like you have to click with people, right? Like I feel very, very comfortable dealing with people from different backgrounds, from different countries, from different, you know, levels in their careers, etc. Because for the past more than 11 years, I've been living abroad in, you know, international environments constantly, as well as my clients are from everywhere, right? I have people from the US, from Canada, Canada, from Asia, from Africa, from Europe, from different continents, really. So for me, it's not a problem of dealing with other people. It's more about 
do you click with someone or do you don't click with someone? And the best way to really understand that is within yourself. There is no better kind of, um, there is no other kind of advice to that, but be yourself, no matter what that, you know, uh, if somebody will like you or not. Okay, okay. All right, so one of my uh, other questions that we'll, we'll do real fast. Um, <laughs> what is the personal impact to you with the work that you do. And, and let me be more uh, specific about this. You go out here, you you help a company uh, restructure itself and get the uh, morale back in their building to be proper. And what I mean by the morale is like, you know, there may be bad attitudes in the building. With being a life coach, you, you micromanage every little aspect of, uh, like you said, the psychology of doing of, of people and how they should handle things. Um, what is it like when you have a, a big success? Because I know you have success regardless, but what is it like when you, you see that success just, just just take place? What is that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I like to believe that coaching in general not only changes a person's life that I work with directly, but also the lives of people around them, you know, because as you work on yourself, as you work on your mindset, uh, on your beliefs, your fears, etc, etc, you change, right? And by you changing also other people around you change right so you might influence other people's lives so my impact isn't only on you know like let's say you you know if we were to work together but it's also maybe on your partner your family your friends because you are becoming more involved person you are growing you're changing you're becoming a better version and you're also inspiring others to do the same so i think the the you know, every coach has a really huge impact, again, not only on a specific individual, but on a broader kind of scale of things. Okay. So here's a hard hitting question. Oh, yo. <laughs> do you measure success or do you believe success doesn't have a measurement? Hmm. Um, That's a tough one. That's a tough one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends what, again, success means for whom. I guess this is really important because for some people, success is measured by money. For some, it's measured by having a great relationship. For some, it's for having many kids. For, you know, like, it, I think it really, really much depends. But for me, success is when clients walk away, you know, from our program with what they came to me for. You know, when I see them that they are empowered, when I see them that they're more satisfied, when I see them that they're more confident, when I see them that they know what they need to do and also what they need to do in case they start drifting away to their, you know, old ways and stuff like that. So this is, um, you know, through my coaching program, I always evaluate and, and reflect with my clients on what is working, what is not working, what can we improve, what can we do better, what, you know, like, so it's a constant kind of learning opportunity. And, and again, when I see this change at the end of the program or when they see the change, this is so empowering, really. I love that. <laughs> okay, I like that. All right, now let's get, get into um, like, like, like a major question here. Um, you're a life coach, you have your program. What sets your program apart from say, Sandra, D'Angelo in, I don't know, Iceland? <laughs> What's that only one. Huh? There is only one <laughs> in Iceland. <laughs> no, no, better get it, better get it. Well, you know, it's it's hard for me to comment on how other coaches work. Um, this is a big point to say there. All right, right? Well, like, well, well, let me do this then. Every... Go ahead. 
what, what I was going to say, let me do this. Thing. No, no, say, say. All right, let, let me let me flip this around. All right, I got a better way to ask it because the way I ask it does kind of put you in the corner right there. So let me ask it like this. If I come to, to you and I want to do your program, approach your coach, what aspects of your program are different than what's out there? That's a better way to ask it. Because you have something that's totally different than everyone else. Because no one person, not every, nobody all follows the same plan when it comes to how they develop these ideas and things like that. So give me the creative portion, if you don't mind, of your business. Approach your coach. I come to you. I run a, I, I have a little startup. It's 15 of us working. This is just a scenario. 15 of us working. Yeah. Uh, my whole development team is ready to quit on me. How are you going to help me build their morale back up? Yeah. I mean, firstly, the programs that I offer, you know, like I have a program is called Unstoppable You, right? Where we work on your mindset, we improve your well-being, and by doing that, we boost results in different areas of your life, right? Um, program, however, is very customized to the person and their own needs, right? There is no, in coaching, there is no one thing fits all. That, that just doesn't exist, right? Like we're okay. all different have different needs etc um but what i can say is you know every coach or what separates me is my story it's my personality it's my passion my love my way of doing things right so as a coach i'm a person who will challenge you right i'm going to be very you know straightforward i'm going to challenge you i'm not going to go easy on you but at the same time it's coming from point of care and point of inspiration so these are also the three core values in my business and this is honesty care and inspiration and everything we do is really based on those right is to make you become better for you to improve and uh, we tailor really the program depending again on your needs to get you where you want to be or actually better said coaching is about bridging the gap of where you're currently are and where you want to be right coaching is about bridging this gap and we customize it to your own needs okay i like that so audience i took something from what she said she takes her program and she makes it it's tailor-made for you so that it's suitable for your business yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right. Business, is it business or is it private life, right? I have clients that I work with on their private life, right? They want to improve some part of their private life. They're much more into that than they are in career. It's really, you know, it, it varies, you know, it really, really varies. And that's very interesting. Okay. So you're in Central Europe, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a two-part question. <laughs> How, how do you feel about your message in Central Europe compared to abroad? Because the thing is, is like I said, the cultures are different, but like, you know, like you have a certain impact, like, like, for instance, like I'm in the United States, I have regional success. I have uh, what we would call intercontinental success now for the different yeah. continents. Um, so how do you feel? Do you feel like your message and your influence is different in different air in different areas beyond Central Europe, or do you feel like that it's equal all around? Mm. That's a tough one. I think it's, yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. However, okay, uh-oh, <laughs> I however. think that, you know, However, um, so I work with business professionals. These are normally people who are, let's say, in sales environment or in finance environment or in corporate, right, or entrepreneurs. And 
no matter where they are, they kind of face same struggles, you know, if I can say that way, they face same challenges. So is it more from a being stressed and overwhelmed point of view, or is it more from, hey, you know, every day is the same, I'm just, you know, living my life and nothing big happens, right? And no matter where you are in your, you know, in the world, kind of, we all face same stuff, right? Um, or is it maybe also a transformation that you're currently going through, right? Your, you know, big transition, sorry, is coming, you know, it's, it's happening in your life and you need support with that. And again, no matter, or at least what I saw from my own experience and clients that I work with and people that I'm constantly in contact with, like we all have more or less the same struggles. So I don't think that the fact that I am in Central Europe makes, you know, a big difference to someone who is maybe located in New York and has a corporate life there, right? Still kind of same challenges they face on a daily basis. Okay, I like that answer. Now, this is a personal question because when we do podcasts, you have to think of two things when you're doing it. You're you're obviously offering a service and you're telling people about what you have going on, but you're also being an educator. You're preparing the future Sandra, the future whoever, that wants to be in your position later on in life or the child that's listening to this in a car with their parent. Mm -hmm. So my major question is, is how would you tell someone to get started in what you're doing? We're talking about a, the 18 year old you, the 18 year old me, or even the 16 year old us when we were thinking about doing something like, how do you tell someone to get into your field? Mm. Okay. Well, I think the best way to start is to get a coach. <laughs> if you want to be a coach, I think the best way, again, to start is to get a coach, right? And maybe not experience a coaching relationship from just one point of view, but maybe, you know, have conversations with people, uh, hire different coaches, work on different areas, because in order for you to be great in coaching, you need to go through to that process yourself. And I believe that coaching is something that really everyone can benefit from, um, but you need to believe in it, okay? So if you wanna be a coach, but if you do not necessarily believe that that's gonna change your life and help you improve and become better, like it's not for you, you know? You have to believe it. Um, so yeah, I think the best way to start is hire your own coach and see how it works for you. See if that is what you, really see yourself doing okay i like that answer because that right there like you you never know through these podcasts but i get so many messages back from my audience that like hey this put me on a certain um road that i wasn't thinking about or this mentally challenged yeah. me to, to be better so always you know you give yourself a little pat on the back and you commend yourself because yeah. you know you're helping somebody so in your lifetime of doing this which she's only 30. So that works out amazing for her. It's not a long lifetime. <laughs> um, um, has, has there been like someone just like personal that you've seen like, because I mean, you see a lot of growth, you see a lot of improvement, but and you don't have to go into that specific person's name or anything like that. But has there been a specific person that you've seen like a, a, a phenomenal change? Like they went from just one level to like, uh, I, I hate to put a measure on it, but they went from just being probably like on a lower tier to a very high tier. Have you ever seen someone just that happened so fast and so quick um, in your mm -hmm. in your um, tenure as being a life coach or anything like that? 
Have you seen like that one person that just didn't have the it factor? And then next thing you know, bam, they're just there. Yeah, I've seen that with one specific client who was um, really in a position in, in their life where, you know, everything was fine, everything was amazing, everything was great, but they just weren't fulfilled. Um, and they didn't know what to do, right? Like it sounded or it seemed that, you know, this is what life is and what can I do about it? But when we started working together, things started opening up, right? The person started to understand that, um, and this is something that I speak in my, um, again, Brains Magazine article about as well, that it's up to that person to take control and ownership of their life and change things. Nothing will change by sitting at home and, and you know, thinking about it or talking about it, but you need to do something. And after just a couple of sessions that we had, after we went, you know, deeper in what is that keeps them stuck? What is that doesn't allow them to move forward, et cetera. There was really like an aha moment that happened. And the person realized like, well, you know, like I know what to do. So we sat down and we came up with an action plan, clear steps, you know, what, why, how, et cetera. And it really flipped their life 360, really. It was really, really a great, um, a great, great, great uh, example of how coaching can really help you. And coaching isn't about, I just want to clarify that because I understand that many people kind of have a misconception. Coaching isn't about telling you what to do or fixing you. There is a big thing, you know, like many people think that something needs to be super wrong with you to hire a coach. It's not about that. It's really about making you understand what is that keeps you stuck that doesn't allow you to move forward right because every person understands where they are and understands where they want to be but they don't know like why can't they get there alone right so coach is the one who will help you to really bridge this gap and get there or if you don't really know what you want to do again coach will help you to find that purpose to understand the why you know behind yourself okay and i like that because you broke that stigma down and you yeah. gave it a, you gave it a new connotation because because yeah. I was about to I was actually about to dive into that I was about to say what are some of the stigmas that come along with your job so you answered the one so let's go into a little bit more detail what are what are more stigmas that go along with your job because let's say we're not going to be negative Nancy or anything but we'll say a person a business person because um, just like myself for, for what I do for a living I will I will kind of at first will kind of be kind of funny to a life coach I'm like what's a life coach going to do for me when I've got it all set in stone, you know? And like, like just listening to you talk, I can tell that there's probably other ways uh, that I could probably improve in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm taking away from what you've told me now. So what are other stigmas or what other negative things that come along with the, or the pre uh, conception that people make about life coaches? Yeah, that is a very good point that you made. Um, And you know, like before we decide to, to work together, clients and I will always have like a clarity call, you know, where we kind of get to know each other. We talk about where they are, their aspirations, if I if my service and approach is the fit, etc. And I hear, you know, regularly um, this kind of mistrust, like what am I going to get out of that? Or what if I don't get anything out of that, etc. But what that tells me is that they don't really... Um, have no trust in a coach or coaching, but more they don't trust themselves, right? Because coaching coaching isn't, again, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to fix your life. I'm going to help you to understand and explore different uh, options, uh, overcome your obstacles, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like people 
at the end of the day, don't trust really in themselves. They don't trust that they can achieve those amazing results with the support of somebody else, you know? And, um, you know, actually what I uh, had a discussion about today on LinkedIn is that it is very interesting to me how many, many individuals have no doubts whatsoever when, you know, buying a new phone or buying a new bag or whatever, you know, but when it comes to investing in themselves, in spending money for their own development, you know, investing in knowledge, etc., they're much more kind of, oh, let me think about that, you know, yes. um, and in my opinion, you know, knowledge is what sticks with you, nobody can take that away from you, you know, right. whereas a new phone or whatever comes and goes, you know? So that's a very interesting kind of uh, way of thinking. Okay, because like with what you said, I want to use a verb. I like how you said that you aid, but actually I think you enhance because like yeah. you said, you're not there to just, you're not the football coach. Like people have the, the misconception of when you say coach, that it's something that they, they have a sports connotation to it. Kind of like, you know, I wrestled yeah. in high school and in school. So my wrestling coach instructed me on what to do. He enhanced the skill yeah. that I already had. So that's what you do. And audience, that, I think that's the best word to use. She will enhance what you already have yeah. going on. Okay. Yes, I um, agree. And I would just like to add, you know, also coaching, you know, when you think about enhancing, and I really like what you said is, you know, when a client tells me, let's say, I don't know, it's like, why you don't know, right? Like what you don't know about that, okay? So it's constant challenge because it's so easy for our brains to say, I don't know, but we don't want that, right? We don't want to have it easy. We wanna constantly challenge and, and explore like what is behind that, I don't know. And this is what, again, coaching is about to drilling down, nailing it down to understand what is really behind what you're saying, right? What is behind your thoughts? Okay, okay, okay. Now you, you have this company, you contribute to this magazine mm -hmm. um, and nobody, nobody ever checks up on uh, people like, you know, a person in, in your position, you may have lots of people around you, but how do you actually deal with your tough times? Because, you, you know, no offense, but in your line of work, you carry the weight of the world yeah. on your shoulders, on your back. It's basically a giant book bag or a carry on bag, or even a suitcase that you carry with everyone else's issues. Um, how do you self-care? How do you take care of yourself while taking care of so many other people? Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very good one. And to be like, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because before I started this business, this was my main concern. You know, I was always asking myself, how am I going to be able to deal with, you know, so much that's put on me? Um, you know, because obviously I care, of course I care, right? So how do you detach? But you know, through experience and through working with people, etc., you do learn how to detach. And for me, the, the biggest way is I have my own coach, you know, to start with, um, that I work on on a regular basis. And I believe that, you know, most of the coaches have their own coach as well. So because I also need to be able to, you know, vent my, my stuff somewhere else, but having my own coach also allows me to constantly develop and improve myself so that I can serve my clients even better. All right. And when it comes to everyday um, kind of basis and self-care, uh, I have a morning routine that I really stick on uh, every single day. And morning is saint for me. You know, it's so important. <laughs> so I like to always start my day with the gratitude exercise. Right. Like, what am I thankful for? 
And I always encourage people to do that because people are mostly more focused on what they don't have instead of what they do have. Um, I do some journaling in the morning, right? I reconnect with my why, right? Like, why am I here? What am, why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, how can I serve my clients, etc.? And just take some time, you know, in the morning to, to kind of reconnect with myself and my person. I don't meditate because I, I don't know. It's just, I, I just didn't get into it, you know? Understandable. Too impatient and too energized for that. <laughs> um, but I have my other ways, right? Like this is um, how I start my day. And this is a way for me to really kind of set myself up for a successful day and for everything that is um, up for me to come. And I thank you so much for sharing that because so many people, no matter what you do in life, like I talk to musicians and everyone else, everyone, you know, not everyone has a way to deescalate or to maintenance themselves and i'm glad that you shared that because me for instance i I say it like this i mean it's myself very simple my i work day night today whatever (laughs) um so i always like i I was talking to you about i I have an hour no matter what goes on in life i have an hour to myself to do whatever i need to do whatever i want to do just one hour though but it's every single day so i really do like your approach because so many people get get sucked up into what they're doing and when you're on the end of helping people sometimes you lose sight of who you are mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad that you actually take time to do that because one thing that we do focus on in, in this this season it's been a lot about that <clears throat> excuse me has been mental health um and that's one thing that like with what you do you like I said the psychology of people and things like that you really have to get in there and understand how the mind works. And I'm glad that you're one of the few people because everybody, anybody can do anything they want, but not a lot of people can get a grasp on the mind. I'm glad that you have it. So, so set aside, uh, you take care of yourself. Uh, could you tell the audience what a day's like in your life? Mm -hmm. If you, we'll start with Monday. How does Monday go for you? A normal Monday? Yeah, I will answer to that. Let me just one second mention, because you mentioned self-care and I just want to add one thing to that. Okay. Is that many people think that self-care is selfish. You know, many people think that, oh, focusing on myself means that I'm not, focus- uh, I'm not focusing on others or whatever. And that is absolutely not true, okay? By focusing on yourself, by recharging yourself, by taking care of yourself, only then can you take care and be there for others. And this is something I really want to point out because many people feel like, not good about you know taking that hour or or spending time with themselves so that's very very important to understand in terms of my days though <laughs> um well you know like being self-employed uh is you know good and bad <laughs> okay. because you know you are in charge of your time and with that being said you know, like you can work forever, right? Like you can always be there. There is always someone who needs you. There is always someone who sends you a message, who calls you, et cetera. So for me, to be very, very honest with you, it's sometimes I find it challenging to balance, you know, like when do I stop working? Um, but let's say normally for me, a normal day would look like I wake up very early in the morning. I wake up, like, I mean, very early for some, it's not, but around maybe six, 6.30 in the morning, I wake okay. up. Um, I spend first half an hour to one hour, you know, with myself, journaling, gratitude, and so on. And then I go online, you know, um, 
you know, on, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I do videos for my group, uh, different, you know, prefer, prepare different workshops, trainings, and so on. Um, and then depending on the day, uh, I usually have two or three days per week where I'm doing, you know, coaching with my clients, like, whole day uh, because I like to have other days also to focus and constantly you know deliver with new content new material and so on for, for people to be able to learn from it so that would be kind of a regular day for me oh wow that's a lot of things going on yeah. <laughs> and at least you take one day for yourself right one day out of those seven days yes okay. I, I try to I try to take at least one day one to two all right, you're doing better than me sometimes on that one. I usually can get Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, I can, for some reason, I can take some time there, usually release a little bit of material and stuff like that. Now, um, here, here's, a, here's a major thing that goes on on my show. Um, my audience and I, we're, we've, we've given you time to tell us about yourself, but now we really need you to give back to us. Uh, everyone. Everyone on the show has to do this. And some people come up with good answers. Some people don't. Um, I had a musician, um, which is which is a rapper. He's from New York City. This guy, um, he does very well with his music, but he has a talent. He can take an mm. Rubik's Cube and he can solve it in 40 seconds. And I think to myself, and I, and I say this to every guest that I have, I wish I had that type of brain function because even though it's very useless to a degree, his mind working that fast to yeah. figure that out. I wish I had that brain power to solve one of the world's problems. So Sandra, now it's your mm. turn. What is your hidden talent or a secret that no one knows about you? Oh my God, <laughs> you should have told me this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hmm, that's a very good one. I don't know if it's, you know, it's not a big, big, thing but when talking about solving things i'm really in my opinion very very good in sudoku i okay, can uh -oh. the expert sudokus in fairly quick time maybe like in just a couple of minutes and i really enjoy doing that i really like those kind of um, brain games i enjoy those so much so i think that would be maybe my hidden talent i never you know um said that to anyone i was just doing it you know so i think right. that's and that's a mental exercise right there. Same thing like with the, the rapper I was telling you about. So that's amazing you can do that. And that, that's really cool that you shared that with us because a lot of people, you know, you never know what your hidden talent is. Like, I don't necessarily have a hidden talent. I just don't like the vegetable. It's a vegetable called a beet. It's a root mm -hmm. vegetable. I cannot stand it. I eat parsnips, rhubarb, and everything else. But if you have beets and you serve them at your house, you want to leave your house and I'm, we're not going to be friends anymore. Just, just, <laughs> just my thing, you know. So that, that's very uh, cool and collective there. So once yeah. again, if you wouldn't mind, could you plug everywhere that everyone can get in contact with you? Because like I said, people are going to listen to this interview. They're going to skip here and there. And then they're going to be like, how do I get in contact with Sandra? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, approachyourcoach.com website and unstoppable business professional facebook group and on those two you're gonna then find a link to my linkedin for those who are interested to know more about my career my background and i mean professional background in general so these are the two main sources okay gladly appreciate that now i saved all all the the medium <laughs> questions and one uh high question for you now let's get to the serious question. This is the most serious question I will ask you. 
And the thing is, you deal with people. And we always talk about the good part of the business. And then there's one time that we talk about the bad, and that's now. So mm-hmm. how do you tell someone to stay positive when, you know, because not everything in life turns out the way we want it to. Because And some people, and I, and I do not use the word good or bad luck because I don't believe in that. I believe yeah. in positive and negative, you know, because that's how you charge a battery. And that's how a battery works. And you got to have both of them for a battery to work. So that's one thing to keep in mind with your answer. Um, (laughs) How do you tell someone to keep their batteries charged? Like what I'm saying is, and here's an example, you have a client, they have some success, but then they have a little negative period. It goes up and down. How do you tell someone to stay afloat? Because so many people always think that they're supposed to get these high results in the very beginning and they're supposed to stay successful, have a little down period, but they're always supposed to have success, 80% success. And me and you both know that it could be 50-50 or it could be 70-30 or 60-40. Yes. So how do you do that? Yeah, um, I think that's a very, very good question that you asked. And I, I think it's a very important point because life isn't all about happy moments and everything is pink and beautiful and nice, right? Life has ups and downs and this is normal, okay? Um, I think that everybody goes through tough periods in their lives. And in those moments, you just don't want to be positive, right? Like you just don't want to be, you cannot be, maybe you're sad, maybe you're angry, maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're whatever you are. But I think the most important thing in those moments is not to be additionally harsh to yourself. And what I mean by that is not to judge yourself, not to ask yourself, oh my God, what a fool I am. You know, how can I be like this or like that? Like, don't do those things, right? Just like acknowledge what is happening, you know? And no matter what emotion there is, just acknowledge it, right? Like, be fine with it. I feel like this or I feel like that. Okay, you know, but don't make um, kind of a big, big deal out of it. Don't go to further analyze it. Don't go to rethinking and rethinking and so on. And when you are ready, okay, whenever that may be, give yourself time, whenever you're ready, ask yourself the three very, very important questions that I also always emphasize, um, you know, when working with my clients, and this is, what is that you can learn from this specific situation? What is the skill that you can develop from whatever you're going through? And thirdly, what is the action that you are now inspired to take when moving forward? Okay, it can it can very well be that you're not naturally want to know answers to these questions immediately. So again, give yourself time. And whenever you're ready, you know, kind of get the best out of whatever happened. Okay. I like that. Now to add on to that, cause I said, we always do tough questions. <laughs> There's a word that floats around in every industry. And this word is toxic toxicity. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is your thought on the word toxic? Because so many people say, I work in a toxic environment. I have toxic traits. What is your firm definition? And what is your thought on the word toxic? Mm. Hmm. That's a good one. I think that, you know, my belief is that nothing can be toxic for you unless you allow it to be. I think that's something that I can really, right? Like nothing can have an impact on you or nothing can hurt you or nothing can whatever, unless you 
allow it to be, right? Like even if you are working in a toxic environment, so to say, right? You decide will that impact you in that way or not, right? Like you can flip the situation and view it from a different perspective or change it for yourself or, you know, change your way of thinking, etc. Because we can never change what's happening around us. We cannot change what other people say, what other people think, whatever, but we can change what we say, what we think, how we behave, etc. So I think that is, that is it. But what I can add to that is that many people have kind of, you know, so-called toxic habits, and it is their responsibility to change those habits. And toxic habits, in my opinion, are all the habits that don't serve you, all right, that kind of waste your time, consume your energy, and do not allow you to better yourself in any way. And this is something that, you know, it is your full responsibility, obviously, to change and switch to something new. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you a little excerpt of something, and I, and I want your opinion on this. Um, there's a man that wrote a real positive message that I know a lot of life coaches use, and some don't. There was a man named mm-hmm. Charles Swindle. He wrote this thing called Attitude. Have you ever heard it? No, not really, no. All right, it, it goes a little bit like this. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. Mm. I love that. What's your take <laughs> on that? Because I, I always like to throw this one to... Uh, people in your realm of work because attitude attitude is the biggest thing that never gets talked about everybody goes around yes. everything else and like i said when i when i interview someone i always have curveballs because you didn't you didn't know that was coming right i know <laughs> all right and that's that's a, the, a great thing about my business but it's a great thing with life coaches in general attitude yeah. you will be the first one that i talk to about attitude well you know so what is your thought about attitude in the workplace and abroad and even with that little message yeah i absolutely 100% agree with that attitude is really everything you know how they say like where there is a will there is a way and this is um this is what attitude is about and when i go back in time right when when i was hiring you know people for my team etc for me it was much more important the attitude part rather than knowledge or skills right skills obviously knowledge are very important but if your attitude is like you know not something that attracts me it is very unlikely like you will get hired for my team right so attitude is so 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 important and I think that you know like once you get clear again on your why why you're doing whatever you're doing you are going to get motivated you are going to take action and with that this positive attitude will follow because I think that um when people aren't really clear on not only what they want, but why they want it, um, it's hard for them to have this attitude of, you know, where there is a will, there is a way. So I really, I really love that quote. That's awesome. Please send that to me later on. <laughs> uh, I definitely will. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, 
as I was growing up, um, we had this little thing that you could go to called Job Corps in, in the United States. It kind of prepares you for certain things. And a lady that wasn't even in the field that I was going into at that time in life, she gave that to me. And that little bit of information stuck with me all through life. And, yeah. and that's one thing that I know that life coaches do. And I know that's what you do. You uh, reinforce a, a great attitude after you figure the attitude. Because some people are very... Uh, yes nonchalant I, I'd say about business and and I would figure is that a yeah. challenge is it a challenge dealing with people that are very nonchalant like how do you break into their attitude how do you get into their psyche basically because excuse me once again I coughed a little bit sorry about no, really. that <laughs> sorry about no, that but um how do you get into a nonchalant person's uh world because yeah. you know nonchalant people that you just don't know where to go with them how do you do deal with that yeah yeah that's a that's a good point like that attitude so to say of like well I don't care you know or well it is what it is that that is very very challenging but again as a coach I want to get down to where is that coming from why do they have that attitude right like what is the reason for that kind of attitude and many times it happens um you know, when I see this kind of attitude, many times it is because those people live according to expectations of somebody else. They're just not happy. They go through their life because somebody said that, you know, they should do a specific thing, a specific time, etc. And they don't really care because they're not attached to it, you know. So we want to get again down to what makes the person have the attitude of, I don't care, because that is a very draining attitude. You know, long term is just if you think about it, like when you say, I don't care, you know, like the energy that comes with it is just heavy. It's like, nah, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not in control, but you are in charge. Who else can be in charge of your life but you? I mean, who else, right? <laughs> right. No one else. No one. And I like that answer right there. And, and it's so much that, that goes along with what you do. Tell me, and this 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 will kind of wind us down a little bit. What is the most challenging part of your job? Because everyone says that, oh, my job is easy. I'll give you an example with me. With a lot of work that I do, I deal with a lot of personalities. Yeah. And I personally have to make the choice sometimes because when we get further into my type of business with this re with these remodels we do, I have to cut people. I, I usually start out with 60 people and I usually have to get that number down to 18. And I mm. can't be personal with every person on everything that's going on in their life. Yes. Um, so, so it's kind of hard there. So how do you deal with stuff like that? Like, how do you, what's the most challenging thing for you? Cause that's the most challenging thing for me. I kind of dictate who stays and who goes. Yes. So what is the most challenging thing in your job for you personally? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I, I think that's, that's kind of a challenge for me too, right? What, what you were mentioning, because again, what I mentioned at the very beginning is like, not everyone is for working together, right? Like you need to click with that person. And, um, but apart from, or, or having also time for that person, right? Like you, you just have as much time as you have in a day and you cannot have extra time. So sometimes it's challenging in terms of time management. Um, but I think the most challenging um, for me would be probably more from my point of view as again, kind of detaching, you know, detaching from what people share with me, detaching uh, and kind of not bringing that with me home. You know what I mean? Like 
when I kind of finish my work, I need to finish it, but not only physically, but also mentally. And I think this is really the most challenging part because I truly deeply care about each and every person that I work with, you know? So sometimes, you know, it's, it's again, hard to not to kind of live that, uh, whatever they're going through with them. So I always, you know, keep reminding myself that, you know, I am a certified coach. I am professional in my area. I am doing what I'm doing. It's my work before everything, you know? Um, so it's a bit of a, you know, kind of balancing everything. Um, I guess probably, you know, many people have that, but I think the closest maybe to relate to would, would be doctors, right? I was always fascinated with how they managed to do that. I mean, I have so much respect for those people. It's insane, right? I mean, imagine, right? Like going through days, you know, looking at many, many, you know, ugly things on a daily basis and yet, you know, kind of continuously help people, continuously do your job, continuously smile, be there. It, it's just incredible, incredible, really. Can I, I like that comparison because yeah, you think about that, it, that would be really tough. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, especially now in these COVID times, if you think, like what yeah. these people go through every single day, I mean, and, and yet they get no support because at least in Europe, you know, I don't think that doctors in Europe now have time to think about themselves too much, right? Because COVID is just so strong everywhere that they're yeah, just- so rampant. Yeah, you know, and what about them? What about consequences on those people, right? Like, how will they cope with those things? It's just, like, in incredible, really. Yeah, and, and I'll say one thing about them, and I don't know if it's in, in your job, and it's really not my job. There's a little, in that type of field, it's kind of like a little bit of a heartbreak there. Yeah. You know, in, in my job, there's a loss. I lose people working because of budget cuts, but I don't have an initial heartbreak. You know, the only heartbreak I would have is if we don't finish remodeling that store which that's not a given we're going to finish it so yeah. like yeah you're right that, that kind of heartbreak do you have any heartbreak in your job have you ever like because that's one thing that, that people like want to stray away from have you ever had a, a client and like I said once again we never go into detail who the client is but have you ever had a client that yes. didn't reach their their goals mm. I mean, I don't want to sound now like, oh my God, you know, but no. <laughs> and I'm saying this, you know, very confidently. It's because again, through the whole process of coaching, we constantly evaluate and reflect and, you know, change and, and improve and so on. So there is no, it's not working. It's just a matter of what else can we do instead, right? Um, okay. So I think that's, you know, that, that ties kind of nicely with what I said before, like in coaching, there is no, I don't know, right? Like you want to know, you will figure it out. And again, this is where attitude of a client is very important to constantly seek for other opportunities, for other possibilities, options, and so on and so on. Okay. All right. Well, since we're kind of winding down, um, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to? Is there anyone that helped build Sandra? There's got to be someone behind everything that everyone does because I always tell people you can't tell me in life that you just you just came out the womb and you were almighty powerful and you were just you were you were superwoman superman wonder woman or some type of superhero you just came out the womb really strong and just ready to do what you wanted to do in life is there somebody special or people in your life that helped you yes absolutely 100 percent I I kind of percent agree with your words and for me those were my mom and dad okay <laughs> my parents 
I'm an only child and I'm very, very close to my parents. And for me, they have been throughout my whole life, my biggest support and people that, you know, not only are my parents, but are also my truest friends, you know, people that I can really talk to about everything and that they're always going to give me a true and, and, you know, genuine advice. And I think that, you know, of course, I have always been free to make my choices, my decisions and tailor my life how I want it because it's my life, right? But they were always there to kind of support and give me their insight. So I think them and um, apart from that, the closest uh, couple of my friends and my boyfriend, I think they were, they deserve definitely <laughs> a shout out. And my coach, not to forget, obviously, <laughs> my coach too. Okay. It's very, you know, it's, very small number of people but like everybody has you know you don't need to have a huge number of people behind you it's important the quality right rather than quantity of people who surround you and i wholeheartedly agree with that um and sandra once again i would like to thank you for coming on west virginia and commonplace it's been a very um interesting conversation and it's been a pleasure um i always tell my audience that the greatest thing about this is, is you never know and I haven't had a bad experience. I guess it's just my nature and your nature. You make friends <laughs> out of this. You learn things about people and you learn your business. Because uh, inside the podcast, and we do research. It's kind of like, um, you know, I come to you, you come to me, however it works out. Uh, we do a little research. We pick a time. We sit down and we don't do anything before we actually talk. Yeah. And uh, your chemistry, I think in the near future, um, as long as you keep, how you are that'll be amazing for your, your podcasting career um and, and uh and helping other people so once again before we end this podcast could you please tell everyone where they can reach sandra and sandra i've been real cool about not saying your last name because <laughs> in america i want to say d'angelo but everywhere else the way that it's hyphenated and stressed is d'angelo correct yeah it's, it's d'angelo actually the d'angelo okay Thank you yeah. for correcting me, but you know, probably everywhere, everyone goes D'Angelo, correct? Everybody goes <laughs> D'Angelo, absolutely. Now, I want to thank you as well for your time. It was such a pleasure. I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved it because it's so natural. You know, it just, it's a conversation and this is how it should be, right? And once again, people can find me on my website, approachyourcoach.com or on my Facebook group, which is Unstoppable Business Professionals. I'm looking forward to connecting with many, many like-minded people. Okay. And once again, thank you for being on West Virginia Commonplace. Thank you.